Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. I am Dr. Jimmy Christman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week, I want to bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. I am super excited to welcome to the podcast today a former student of mine, um, and uh, he has a very special place in my heart. He's a fabulous performer. He's a teaching artist. Um, he's currently working in New York City, and he's got a great thing he's going to share with us about what he's doing right now called the Next Generation Young Artist Showcase. Uh, but Aviance Hoyles, welcome to Thed Talks. Uh, tell us a little bit about you and kind of your journey to where we are right now with your with your career. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to be on Thed Talks. Yay! Yes. Okay, Um, I am Aviance Hoyles. I'm originally from Rock Hill, South Carolina, and at the age of 18, I packed up my glad rags and moved to New York City to uh, study at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy of New York. Um, once I graduated there, it was kind of history. I've had the uh, opportunity to perform on stages all over the nation and all over the world. Um, been seen on a couple of TV screens, a couple of big music events and some TV shows and, you know, done the whole... Um, Broadway national tour circuit, the off-Broadway circuit now, and all of those different types of things. And I'm also a teaching artist for um, the International Thespian Societies and different high schools and colleges and middle schools and things like that. So that's where we are right now. And in this pandemic, I have a new uh, artistic initiative for young aspiring artists. So yeah, very excited about it. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about your your humble beginnings in Rock Hill, and God. and then and the taking you to the big city. Uh, so, talk a little bit about what your your theater education experience as a student was. Um, and I, I feel bad asking that question because I feel like it's like let's toot Jimmy's horn because you were my student, but that's not what I'm going with that. I just want to know kind of what led you to where you when you got to the city. Well, if you ask me about like my journey, I would be remiss if it wasn't like a tooting Jimmy's horn thing because it's, it's very true for me. Um, so I started my theater education um, at Rock Hill High under the direction of uh, Miss Black. Uh, and then after my freshman year, I went to a new school under the direction of Jimmy Crisman where I really wasn't um, going to pursue anything artistic after high school. I was going to go and be a therapist. Do you remember that? I vaguely do. Yes. Yes, I do. Now that you mentioned it. Okay. So it wasn't until my high school theater teacher pulled me aside and was like, you know, you can really do this. And I was like, people on TV, it's a dime a dozen. I'm going to go and I'm going to go and be a therapist. And you were like, sure, you'll go and be a therapist and you'll be really good at it, but you'll be bored out of your mind and you're going to wonder what if. I don't want you to wonder what if. And so from that, um, I believe it was the SCTC theater conference that you took me to to audition for. I don't remember what the scholarship was. Um, but from there, different schools like AMDA and different schools like Boston, Emerson, all of those places were there. They were at my audition. They started sending me stuff. And I was like, oh, people want me to come to their school. Maybe I can do this. And, you know, the rest is history. I chose AMDA um, from my theater teacher saying, hey, 
I believe in you. This is what you can do. Go for it. And um, I did. Well, I I want to talk about our first encounter, Aviance. Um, <laughs> when, when, okay. when I was hired at South Point, um, I was going into my sixth year of teaching. I was still a young, young baby at the time. Um, our principal held this like cookout type thing um, on a football field of one of the schools in the district because we ours wasn't even ready yet at, at South Point. Um, and up walks this tiny little black boy with these big old glasses with an attitude and a chip on his shoulder. Oh, my God. And with his mama. And his mama said, Mr. Chris, but I want you to be Aviance. Um he does theater at Rock Hill High. And with the sour look on his face, he said, <laughs> he shook my hand. He said, I'm Aviance. <laughs> Why are you qualified to teach me? Oh, my God. Do you remember those words? I do. I, it, I remember the, the exact words. But can I, can I tell my version of the story? Please? Oh, I would love to hear I, your version. I, okay. So, like I said before, I started at Rock Hill High School. And I was very involved in theater. Um, I had gone to my first like high school theater competition and got a little award. So I was you know, feeling myself, I was a freshman. And the new high school came where the zoning switched where I was supposed to go to school. I come from a long line of Bearcats at Rock Hill High. So I would have been the first in my family to not graduate from Rock Hill High School. So I was leaving that little legacy, but my mom was excited. She was like, this is a new school. You can join a new theater program. And I was like, I want a new theater program. I've just got my feet wet here. She drug me kicking and screaming to that meet and greet, <laughs> literally. And she did everything in her power to try and make it uh, comfortable for me. So that's why she found you. She's like, here's the theater teacher. Yeah, go talk to her. And I, was so mad that I looked at you and I was like, okay, so what are you gonna do for me? As if I was somebody that you needed to do something for. I don't know why I did that. I've apologized profusely. I, I don't know, the hormones, hey. Well, I've, I've forgiven you. I just love to tell that story, um, but it did put me on notice and it did make me as a teacher want to know what made you click and how I was going to reach you. And that became my goal that whole first year. And <laughs> I think I won you over. Uh, I honestly feel like once we started classes and I knew I couldn't go to Rock Hill High, I was going to have to warm up to you. So I don't <laughs> think you had any other problems with me. My I did not. I did life. not. I just like to embarrass you and share that story every chance I get. But you know what? I love it. I love it because I'm thinking about it now and it makes me think about some of um, the teenagers that I've had the opportunity to work with. I'm like, why you got an attitude? But I, I actually have one too. Well, during your time with me at South Point, and I promise you we're going to get to talking about your new initiative. No, um, let's talk about it. During your time at South Point, um, I, as a teacher and part of my philosophy, I firmly believe in student travel. Um, yes. And I took you and a small group that very first year to New York. Um, and I know what an impact that had on you. Uh, so would you share kind of your experience and what student travel did for you as a student and artist? Oh, my God. I have to tell you, um, being uh, a, a kid in the South, 
we really only traveled to um, southern places. Like, you know, family vacations would be in Florida or Virginia or Georgia. Like, you know, we were getting out of the state, but we were not going anywhere like D.C. or, you know, any of the northern states. And so the only real shows that I had seen were like the national touring shows that came through. And I had never been in New York City, but I knew that's where Broadway was. And I was just, you know, I was a quintessential high school theater nerd. So the opportunity to go to the Mecca of what we know musical theater to be in America was incredible for me. And to quote Alice Walker, and it was so true to me, when I got to the city, there was something in me that vibrated and I knew I was supposed to be there. I don't, I don't know for how long or whatever, but I knew I was supposed to be in the city. And that's what that student trip did for me. It was the very first time. And I think that second year, I think I met you here. I didn't quite go on the trip, but I met you here in the city because the second year, was when we did the color purple mm -hmm. and see i didn't i didn't do all of, i was on an independent trip with my mom who had come on the first one because she enjoyed it and so we did an independent thing you actually it actually gave us a new space to come and visit because my mom now comes to visit new york when she didn't before gotta love gail Oh, child, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, then you went to New York to study uh, upon graduation, um, and you you chose AMDA to go to, um, and it was yeah. it's a professional training school, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, what was that experience like for you? I tell people all the time because you know different schools have different reputations and people are like, oh, well, we've heard things about AMDA. What was your experience like? And honestly, my experience was great. AMDA's given me everything that I've needed as a professional artist. And when I say that, AMDA taught me how to interpret the song lyrically, how to emotionally connect to that song. AMDA gave me endurance. Eight shows a week will not take me out because of how hard we worked in our courses and in our classes. AMDA taught me so much theater history that I did not know um, as it pertains to writers and composers and lyricists and all of these things. Um, and also, it taught me how to get that call back. You know, you, you walk into an audition and you're like, oh, I'm so, so nervous, but it gave me the confidence in the material enough to be comfortable to go in there and do what I have to do to get that call back. So I, I, I always tell students and parents this, AMDA is what you make it. Everything is there for you. It's what you do with it that makes the difference. Yeah. And I think it's important to 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 highlight that because not everyone is meant to be in a four year liberal arts college. Absolutely not. And I remember, I remember first Jonathan Hoskins, we a mutual friend of ours and former student Absolutely. of mine. Jonathan went to Elon uh, his yep. first year, and I, the first show I went to see him in, there was such exponential growth. But I remember you. You're extremely talented, and you know I, I worship the ground you walk on as a performer, um, and I wish I just had an ounce of your talent. Um, you tried it. <laughs> you, when you came back that next summer after your first year at AMDA and, and you were playing Angel and Rent for me, um, there was such ridiculous growth on your part. 
um, and, and with the work that you had done. And I, th- I think it's important to note that not, not everyone's meant to go to a four-year college. Some people need to go that professional training route. I, you know what? There were colleges that I was considering with the four-year program. Um, and I would like to say AMDA does have that. Mm-hmm. There is a BFA, you know, all of those things. But I was on um, a fast track in my mind. In my mind, it was like, okay, listen, you need to go get some training, but you need to also start to work. And I don't know why, for me, um, a four-year institution was not what was settling in my spirit. And so I decided to go, and I was like, well, I can go to AMDA, and I can actually continue my education from AMDA, either in New York or either in L.A., and just go and get the BFA. But let me go and do these, like, these, these little two years and keep it moving. But that summer, that was after my first year. I had learned so much because my goal with moving to New York was not, I want to go to New York and I just want to like get the training, of course, but it was, I need to go to New York and I don't need to have to move back. I need to get to a place where I do not have to move back home. And so I worked my butt off and it was through the incredible instruction that I got from many of the teachers at AMDA. And, and listen, we all got the same thing. It's just what you do with it. We had the option to, you know, take it and go and party. Shoot, it was New York City. I was 18 years old. But no, I was locked up in that school from maybe 9 a.m. until 9 p.m. until they locked the doors because I was in a dance studio. Dancing scared the crap out of me because I didn't take a professional dance class until I was 18 years old. And so I was there doing that work. I was there breaking down all the lyrics in a song. Like, how do I emote this? So, yeah, it, everybody doesn't need that. Ho- now, some people do. Mm-hmm. Some people do need the four years um, for maturity sometimes or, or sometimes for the training. Like, I just, it worked out for me where I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah it worked. And, and it, it did work out because you got work immediately and you've been <laughs> working ever since. Um, Thank God. I, it's a very proud teacher moment I want to share with you. Um, let's te- make me tear up, sorry. Oh, no, don't sorry. do it. It's too early in the morning. It is very early in the morning right now. But I, I will brag on Aviance. He he got a very wonderful role in a national tour of Memphis, the musical. Yes. And when I went to see you in, I believe it's Charleston, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it um, was I Charleston. Brought, oh my gosh, you brought so many students. I brought a group of current students from South Point. My mom and dad were there. Um, and we were there to cheer you on. And when the music started and you walked out on that stage, like I, I just I was so proud, oh, and man. I it was torture that first act of Memphis because <laughs> Gator doesn't speak or sing until the very end of it, and oh god, and I have seen the show before that, so I knew I had to wait. Um, yeah, but that first when you screamed no and then went into that song, like I, I was a mess going into intermission, and my mom was handing me tissues and. But I was so proud of you, and, and you've continued to work oh. and continue to do excellent things since then. Um, so talk to me about how that led you to 
what you're doing now in, as a teaching artist and, and, and continuing theater education with all that experience now? Oh, let me tell you, um, um, I was working on a production of uh, Songs for a New World out in Virginia. And I was approached by um, a middle school principal. He worked at Monroe Middle School in Monroe, North Carolina. And he said, you know, I'm, I know you're doing a lot um, in different places, but would you be willing to come and do a course with these theater kids? Now I'm thinking, I ain't no teacher. I, my degree or my, my credentials don't say nothing about me being in education. What, what do you want me to do with these children? And he's like, no, just come and like talk about your experience with auditioning and all of that because we have a, a performing arts high school and we want them to be ready for those that are interested. And we actually want them to see somebody from the Carolinas that's actually like doing it. And that's when I thought about my experience in high school, if it had not been for Jimmy Chrisman, who looked at me and said, hey, look, you can do this, I would not have ever seen an avenue. So it spoke to me, I have to give back. And being a teaching artist is the way that I give back to our youth. And so I went into that middle school classroom and taught them a two-day workshop of audition prep, where they had to come in with a song for me on the first day, and then I did a master class with them about what the song means and how they deliver it. And the next day they had to bring it back to me. And in class, we talked about all of their different discoveries and what we saw of the differences. And from there, it's just kind of picked up. Um, I've had the opportunity to go to the International Thespian Society and hold um, workshops that I've created based on social justice in theater, as well as audition prep courses. And um, it really does bring me joy to give back to a community of artists that are number one in the classroom and learning one thing, but I think it's important for them to be current when we're talking about letting them go into the world and auditioning and what this industry means. So being a teaching artist that's currently working in the industry, I'm here to be like, all right, this is what's happening right now because things change um, and this is what you need to do. You know, um, I've had to learn being in the field about contracts, you know, what what I will accept, what I won't accept, what's good for me and what's not. Because at the end of the day, when you're laying your heart and your soul on that stage, you're giving them everything that you have. And contractually, they're going to take it if you're not paying attention. So I like to think that I like to give my students a business-minded aspect of it as well as the um, performance thing, you know. Yeah. So how... Talk to me about how that led you to what you're doing now with Next Generation Young Artist Showcase. Yay! Okay, so um, I've been doing uh, teaching artists for about seven years now, and I've always worked for other people, you know, other people's programs. They call me in, and I've created programs for other people, but I'm like, I want to do something so different than that. What I wanted to do was create a platform for young artists ages 9 to 22 where they could study with me and my wonderful business partner. Um, his name is Kyle Garvin, and he has worked with Bayark Lee and her um, her company for years now, and he's an actor, and they get to study. It's a five-week program, okay? So in five weeks, we're going to take you. You're going to do one-on-one -on -one training with us, vocal lessons, 
acting lessons and some movement courses. And we're going to create a showcase around you where we can put it on an online platform for you to share with your friends, your family, agencies, management, whomever you'd like. And in that five-week course, you'll have your one-on-ones and we'll have a masterclass with other industry professionals, Broadway, TV, movies, music, all of those different types of things. And um, I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about it. You can still submit. So please, teachers, if you have students that are interested, and we've broken this down to where we think it's going to be affordable for everybody. You know, you, you walk into these programs and they cost so much. We're in the middle of a pandemic. In these five weeks, we've broken it down to where every class is only $15, which then leaves you with $150 for the entire program, five weeks of professional training and a showcase based around you. Next Generation Young Artist Showcase. And what's that website? It is ngyas.org. Next Generation Young Artist Showcase. And so I, I did it like that because we're going to call it Next Generation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how, how has the response been so far? It's been really good, but we've had to change the age. When we first did it, we were like, okay, let's focus on these high school students, um, grades 9 to 12. And every podcast and everything that we've done, people have been like, well, my kid is a little young or I'm a little older. I wish like we could do it. And so I talked to my business partner. I was like, we're not going to turn anybody away. 9 to 22. Let's do it. So we've gotten some really good responses so far, but we want more. Yeah. Let's and do I, it. I can't. I can't stress enough what what you shared just a moment ago of what what a value um, what you're doing is um, on the financial aspect of it um, and, and what they're getting and the individualized attention they're getting and, and the training for such a nominal amount of money. Um, it, yeah. It's worth every penny. <laughs> Listen, because if you come here, a lot of people uh, come to New York for um, vacation. And if they're aspiring artists, they want to take voice lessons with the people that we take voice lessons with, or they want to take voice lessons with different artists. And like an hour is 150 Yeah. An hour. And we're like, get this five weeks, $15 a class. We're not even doing this for like monetary value at all because we live in new york city and how we gonna pay our rent but that's not what you know that's not what we're doing um we want you to get it and we want you to be in a space where you walk away from this program with different songs in your book the song that you're singing in the showcase may not necessarily be all that you get like we want to try different things out on you and if we're trying it out we we know that it's good for your voice so put it in your repertoire you can walk out of here with a good rep you can walk out of here with something for your real like the possibilities are endless right now and we have the time to do it right now in this space um, the stalling has been, you know, working and being too busy. Now we have the time and we're willing to work on their schedules. The only thing that has to be a constant and on everybody's time is the Friday masterclass that we do with our other industry professional. That's it. Everything else is going to be, you know, on your time. And this is also great, too, because um, in this moment, when it comes down to auditioning, Everything is online. So we're going to teach you how to do this whole camera setup and how to audition in your house with the right background. Because ain't nobody got time to be seeing, you know, Barney on the on the background. 
while you're trying to do this audition, okay? I think it's I think it's really exciting what you're doing with this, and I think it's timely and needed. Um, but I also think it's a model for theater artists right now um, with what we're where we are right now with COVID and 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 everything shut down and artists out of work. Um, yeah. That it's you have to find ways to create new art and new ways of creating ways to survive. Um, and I think. I think you're doing a really beautiful job of, of finding ways to meet needs that are still there. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know what? Um, we thought about what's happening in our community right now when it comes down to creatives. We're all at a standstill, but we've been to certain spaces and places in our careers where work is still coming. Like, I've been doing virtual things since this thing started and it's still work. It's not work like we know it to be, but I started thinking about our young people. They don't have to just be in this moment waiting for something to happen. No, you can still study. You can still hone your craft. You can still perform. And this is an outlet for them to do that. And they probably need it right now being cooped up in your house for the past five months or however long they've been there. Like this is an outlet for you. And it's an outlet for any artist. You don't have to be in like musical theater. You can be a solo artist and want to do this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We just want to help you with the gifts that you were naturally given. We're not giving you anything. We're just fine tuning. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, it, when you first reached out to me about this, it was around the same time that I was seeing a lot of things online um, and social media from like recent graduates from theater programs, um, mm-hmm. really angry at their faculty for not preparing them for what's going on right now and being out of work and how to find work. And um, I think what you're doing is, is, a, is a stellar example to them of, this is the hand we've been dealt. I'm gonna create something new now. I have to find a way to survive. I have to find a way to thrive still and and create art and do good things. So I appreciate you um, and just your your work ethic and and creativity in in doing this. Thank you. You know what though? That's the heart of what we do. Uh, I think we get so wrapped up sometimes in what people are offering us or what people will give you. No. We are creatives, we have to create. And that's what we're doing, Um, creating a space for these students. And I hope that those students that you're talking about, you send them over to us, send them to us. Listen, even your freshmen, send them over, all of them. Um, Only because like, it's a space for you to really stretch those artistic muscles in a way that you probably wouldn't always get to in a classroom. Classroom settings are great, but they're a space where there's a lot of structure here. There's structure, but we want you to collaborate with us. It's not a dictatorship. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I want to remind people this next generation young artist showcase and that website is N G Y A S.org. So make sure you check that out. Teachers of all levels, because apparently now we're doing elementary too. Middle Less school than and nine high to school. 22. That's Let's right. do it. That's right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to come back to some of your, your, the the teaching stuff in just a moment, but I want to personally ask you, um, um, as a black artist in this current time, um, 
especially over the last six months, uh, where we've been as a, a nation and, and a world even, um, talk to me about your experience as a black artist and what this moment in time means for you. Well, you know what? It, it's eye-opening for a lot of people, but I'm from South Carolina, so I've always known that I was going to have to go through a little bit more than my white counterparts. Yet, I am not a person that has stood for anything less than what I deserve, whether that meant uh, saying no to gigs or giving up certain things. I'm not a stranger to walking away because I know my worth. Um, this was funny to me because when the pandemic started before all of the revolutionary things, when it comes down to George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and everything, I was teaching a course online about social justice and theater. And then all of this happened. So here's the thing. There are many movements right now, especially in the black theater community. There's a We See You movement right now. And there is a movement with the Broadway Advocacy Coalition, whereas we are calling out theater makers, producers from everywhere, Broadway, regional, national tours. And we're saying, hey, you got caught with your slip showing. And now we're not putting you back in the closet. So we're going to hold you accountable for the things that we deserve. Case in point. Um, Everybody is experiencing Hamilton right now on Disney Plus, right? So what you don't know is when you're a part of a cast like that, you have a contract to say, okay, you're going to do this, 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 and this. Disney Plus is something else. And so they quoted the original cast of Hamilton a price. I was like, here's your price. Now we're going to play the, the um, thing on Disney Plus. To which Tony Award winner... Leslie Odom Jr. said, <laughs> no, you won't. I'm not signing my name to anything that you're giving me. Let's negotiate. He held those negotiations up, I think, until the night before. Because his likeness, he called his managers and said, find out what Aaron Tevet made for Grease Live. And I will take that number. Not more. Not less, just find out what my white counterpart made for mm. Grease Live and give me that. Because that's not what this Tony winner was quoted at all. Mm. So we're in that space now. And it's important for these young people to know that especially um, BIPOC people know your worth because others already do. It's okay to walk away then you can do what we're doing right now in this space, create your own. There's space for it. And we're creating something right now as a community that <laughs> is gonna be great. We're, we're creating something that's gonna be great. That's all I can say about that. Knowing your worth, knowing who you are, and not just standing up for yourself, but standing up for the people around you that you know are being mistreated or feeling a certain type of way. You can't do this thing alone. We can't do it alone. That's why you need allies and you need to be there for everybody. There's so much going on in this industry when it comes down to how women are treated, you know? So yeah, just, just being very aware and starting the conversation. Well, I think I, 
I think many theater teachers, um, and I, I include myself when I say this, um, tend to take for granted that um, it, we, we, we consider ourselves very progressives, very much progressives as, as artists and creators, and that we love all of our students and we're a safe space for all of our students. But specifically white theater teachers, I'm talking to you right now, we can't get complacent. We, we still have work to do. And the mm-hmm. moment you think you're you're woke, the moment you think you are the progressive, the safe space, the the white teacher that the students of color and the queer students come to, and you don't have work to do, that's the moment we're failing our kids. Whew, let me tell you, there's a lot of work to do on every end of the spectrum. But now we're in a space where we can't go back to what it used to be. There's no going back. I, I want to take you back. <laughs> there was a production in the town that we were living in at the same time. And I had a huge problem with it at that time. Do you remember what it was? I don't. So please remind me. It, there was a school that was doing the whiz. Yes. Okay. And I yeah, said, yeah. oh, H no. I was livid about it. And everybody was like, oh, you're overreacting. It's a high school show. But I was like, no, it's the whiz. So if you're going to make a decision to put on these shows, educators, I really want to speak to these educators out here right now, especially high school educators. Guys, I know you want to do Aida. I know you want to do Once on this Island. I know you want to do The Wiz. I want you to do it. But I want you to do it with the right cast. There are certain shows that you can do colorblind casting in. These are not one of them. None of them. Respect the writing. Respect the people that are talking about. All of those things are problematic. Because when, baby, that colorblind casting of the Wiz, it rubbed me the wrong way. And I was in high school. You know, it's offensive. It's offensive sometimes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to move on from this topic. Uh, okay. Because I think... Um, an easy thing for me to do right now would be to ask you what can we as theater teachers do to continue to implement those things in our classes um, and to raise representation and to truly be those allies that we say we are. Um, but that would be inappropriate on my part. Um, as a black man that I'm talking to, it's not your job to educate me. And theater teachers, we know how to use Google just as well as our kids do. We can look up anti-racist books to read. We can look up documentaries to watch. We can Google and, and look up on our publishers' websites what shows require specific casting, and we can do better. Um, so thank you for letting me have this opportunity to go there with you. Um, oh, absolutely. And like you said, everything is there, y'all. Everything is there. Just type in google.com and search, guys. It's there. It's there. And we can do and be better. All right. Stepping off my soapbox again. <laughs> um, I, I know you. Uh, we our time is about to run out before too long, but I want to. I want to ask you a couple things. Um, yeah. As a, as a teaching artist, and I know I know you've done some workshops um, on um, vocal vocal work and vocal health with contemporary Absolutely. musical theater, um, and more and more teachers are doing more contemporary things that are require different vocal skills. Um, can you, without giving away your workshop, can you give us a couple of your tips and tricks that teachers need to consider as they're doing these things? 
teachers, please, 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 please do not forsake telling your students to come in and sing for you if they have not warmed up. Please do not forsake the vocal warm-up. The vocal cords are muscles. Nobody's gonna run a track meet, nobody's gonna play basketball, nobody's gonna play football without stretching first. And if they do, then they, they are gunning for an injury. It's the same thing with your vocal cords. Please, 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 please tell these children to warm up. Show them how to warm up and allow them to really give in to the gifts that they're naturally given. Everybody is not a Dina Menzel, so they are not going to scream like her. They probably shouldn't. So be very, very cautious with what they come in doing. Give them material that fits their voice and show them different ways around the songs that they want to sing. Let me tell you something. Audra is the queen of the mix, all right? And she is not around here with any type of vocal problems. I'll leave it at that. The vocal warm up. <laughs> vocal warm up. Vocal warm up. Um, so, so Aviance, if teachers, if teachers want to hire you, I want to I want to advertise you as the teaching artist right now. If they want <laughs> to have you come in and do workshops with their kids or fellow teachers, um, how can they get in touch with you to to do that? Um, you can always find me on my socials. Um, my social media is at Aviance Hoyles, A-V-I-O-N-C-E-H-O-Y-L-E-S. Um, you can reach out to me there or my email, a.hoyles, H-O-Y-L-E-S, at yahoo.com. Yeah, that's how you can reach me. Well, hopefully we can get some get some work for you and, and get I some love that. good information in those teachers' hands so they can continue working with their students. Listen, I just want to say thank you for this platform. I think this is amazing to have a theater education podcast and to reach out to all of those people. I think this is amazing, and I'm really, really grateful that you asked me to be on the show. Well, I am grateful for all the work that you're doing and and continuing to do with young people yeah. and, and, and with yourself. Because, I again, I, I worship the ground you walk on, and I just love oh, your death. Oh, please. And I think we have this, like, this relationship that I'm so very, very grateful for. Like, I admire you so much, and you know that I've said to the ends of the world, and I'll say it every time, I could not be where I am today had it not been for you, the theater educator that saw something in me. So if I can give a piece of that back to anybody, I'd be very, very grateful. Does my heart good. Does my heart good. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> so my final two questions that I ask everyone, um, and I'm, I'm curious to hear yours. Um, so my first one is, what is a resource that you are currently using or have used that is a must-have for theater teachers aside from um, your current endeavor? Aside from my current endeavor right now, um, the Boulevard is a great artistic space. It is based in um, the Atlanta theatrics, but it is actually a social media space for um, artists and educators to have a social media platform for everyone all around the nation to like, you know, come together and talk about your ideas and for whatever shows you have going on, if you need help with something, it is The Boulevard. Great. Thank you. I will check that out. I was not aware of that one. So thank you. Yes, and then indeed. my final question for you is what are your parting words of wisdom right now for new theater teachers entering the field or that veteran teacher who just needs an encouraging word right now? 
You know, I feel like everybody that's called to do something when it comes into education have a gift. Sometimes you might sit in that thing for a little while and you need a little tweaking, but your gifts change people's lives, period. Your gifts change people's lives. And let's hope that we're changing them for the better. Yeah. That's what I got. We have an awesome privilege and responsibility <laughs> in what we do. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That. Well, Aviance, I have loved talking with you as always. Um, I wish I could see you more often than I do, but well, I Come adore to New you. York, why don't you? Well, when it's safe to travel, I will be there. <laughs> okay. And we will grab dinner and, and catch up. But thank you for joining me. And I wish you all the best with Next Generation Young Artist Showcase. Teachers, check that out and get your kids involved. Yes, bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Curtain. That's a wrap for this week's episode of Fed Talks Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, please find Fed Talks on your favorite podcast provider and subscribe to the show so it automatically shows up in your podcast app each week. Rate us by leaving some stars, review us by saying what you love about the show, and most importantly, share the podcast with those theater educators in your life. Find us on all your favorite social media. We're on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, Fed Talks on Facebook, and Fed Talks Podcast on Instagram. Visit our website at www.fedtalks.com for all our past episodes and resource lists from the guests you've met on the show. And email me directly by emailing fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback, recommendations for guests on the show, or if you just want to be a guest yourself. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schuster, for the use of your original music that we hear on the show. And thank you for listening and for all you do for your students. I'm Jimmy Chrisman. Join me next week for another great interview. Have a great week.